Today's on Seminary Podcast episode is brought to you by Church Community Builder. I love how these guys help church leaders make and grow disciples by providing software and coaching focused on improving operational effectiveness. Church Community Builder provides leaders like me with insights into engagement of our church community, helping us close the gaps that allow people to slip away unnoticed. Visit churchcommunitybuilder.com to learn more. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich, the host here, and a happy Thursday. Thank you so much for tuning in. We know you've got a lot going on at your church as you get ready for this weekend, and we're just honored that you would take some time out uh, to listen to us today. Uh, I'm really looking forward to today's conversation with Reggie McNeil from Leadership Network. For people that don't know, uh, Leadership Network, and if you don't know who Leadership Network is, you might be under a rock somewhere, uh, began uh, in 1984 with uh, 20 leaders and now serves over 200,000 leaders around the world. They really are incredible at identifying kind of where is God working at the edges of his kingdom and helping that spread uh, really to a bunch of different, you know, p- uh, churches and really being incredibly influential. And Reggie has been a part of that. Reggie, welcome to the show. Hey, it's, I'm glad to be here, Rich. Thank you. What a great intro for my organization. I'll be sure to tell our CEO that you did us proud there. Okay, nice. That's that's great. Reggie, why don't you tell us about your kind of particular area of interest or expertise within kind of the leadership network mafia? <laughs> <laughs> well, my particular assignment right now uh, where I'm doing research and development is in the whole area of city impact. Mm. Uh, it started, grew out of a missional conversation that mm-hmm. uh, I, before that I was doing missional renaissance uh, leadership communities and mm-hmm. where I would convene teams and we would think of ways that they could accelerate their community engagement. Well, now I'm working with teams who are very involved in their communities because we've seen a real growth in that over the mm. last uh, you know, half dozen years. Now I want to help teams who are already very significantly engaged with their community and accelerate mm. their development to, be, to create cross-domain collaboratives uh, that uh, can really uh, focus on and move the needle on big issues like literacy or community health care or something like that. So hmm. I think it's a natural outgrowth of the missional conversation and actually uh, these days I'm, I'm positioning it in what I'm calling a kingdom kind, kingdom-centric mm. kind of agenda. So when you talk about kind of cross-domain, is that um, like cross multiple churches, cross a ser- you know series of issues to kind of work together? What is that? What does that look like? Well, by cross-domain, I mean how does the faith community come out and play with other uh, societal sectors mm. like the business community, the political community, the uh, you know education or who you know? So uh, there are six or seven or sometimes up to fourteen different people slice and dice it differently, but mm-hmm. private sector, public sector, social sector, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. So. The church is not going to be able, in its own silo and in our own little playground, uh, for instance, if we're working on literacy, we, we can sit in our church fellowship hall all day. We can recruit volunteers all day. But if we don't work with uh, the education sector, uh, the business sector, uh, then those ideas go nowhere. So, uh, but, but collaborating is something we didn't learn in seminary. Um, so we don't have to unseminary that part. Uh, yeah. it's, it, it's, a, it's a different kind of competency. Mm. Uh, we have to listen more. We have to be more patient. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to build trust. Uh, we have to be clear in our communication. We have to establish expectations, mm-hmm. uh, promising only what we can deliver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of issues around that whole collaborative piece. And so what I do is I help community, uh, church leaders who really do want to unbundle the social capital mm-hmm. locked up in their congregations and release it back to the community to, mm-hmm. to really move, uh, make a big difference. I help them know how to do that better. There's a, you know, what the preconditions are and then what the collaborative path looks like. Hmm, that's incredible. You know, I think there are a lot of church leaders who may have the heart for, hey, we want to reach out. Uh, we want to take some steps to collaborate with the people and the government and, you know, business leaders, but they just don't know where to start. I remember a couple right. of years ago that Reveal study out of Willow talked about one of the kind of core things they found of growing churches was that their leaders were community connectors outside of the church, that they, you know, were people who were looking to build bridges with, um, you know, the local community. Where does a church leader even start with that? What is that? What does that look like? How do you go from being maybe my own local church centric you know, to more of a kingdom-focused or more like what you've said, kingdom-centric approach? What does that look like? Well, I think there are three things that have to happen to shift a culture. Mm. Uh, There are things that have to happen in the leader, but the culture ultimately has to support that leader in this shift from church-centric to kingdom-centric. And so I help leaders think through three legs of a stool there, if that's the right analogy, Mm. or three pieces. And you don't get a pass on any of them. I mean, (laughs) out of three, B plus is not going to make it. Right. So you have to pay attention to language. You literally have to shift your language. And what I mean by that, it's the narrative. What do we talk about? How do we talk Mm. about it? Mm. You know, for the last 500 years in the Reformation, it's all been about, you know, getting the church right and, all the discussions have been ecclesiological somehow. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we'll we'll take any topic and bring it inside the church, whether it's mm-hmm. gifts or, I mean, we'll even quote stuff out of Ephesians that was, you know, written, for instance, for uh, folks who didn't have church jobs. Well, we turn those gifts and offices and all that into church jobs. It's kind of amazing how mm-hmm. we can fit our own experience back even into biblical stuff. But over the last 500 years, then, we've been trying to figure out, you know, what makes a church and what, who can do what, when, can they wear a skirt, can it happen on Tuesday night, <laughs> you know, all that kind of business. Well, all right, all right. And I can tell you that conversation has probably run its course with most of mm, us, and yes. I can promise you it's run its course with people outside the church. It just, yes. That's just a narrative that just doesn't have traction. Hmm. However, a kingdom narrative um, is all about life. It's about the mm. life God wants people to live. Jesus says, I've come to give you life. He preached in you know the kingdom of God, so you know I, I would say if if he preached uh, the kingdom of God, we ought to pay attention to it. Mm. Uh, he didn't preach the gospel of the church; it was the gospel of the kingdom. Mm. Uh, and then he qualified the kind of like you know I'm the way, the truth, the life, and and, and that's how I basically tell people to talk about kingdom because mm. I can't go out and run a banner on your church. You know we're a kingdom centric church. People, <laughs> what Saudi Arabia? What what kingdom are you talking about? So yes. But let's talk about life. That's the issue. Mm. That's, that's what the kingdom's all about. Hmm. Which, by the way, takes us then into a, you know a much wider array of issues than simply you know um, what's the fall series. Yes, um, right. What are we talking about this weekend? You know, yeah, uh, employment. We're talking about healthcare. We're talking about literacy. We're talking about big stuff here. Mm-hmm. All right. Second thing you have to do, besides the language and the narrative and all that, mm-hmm. um, is and, and by the way, I should. <laughs> You also, when you're talking, so when I do consultings with congregations, mm-hmm. we actually, you know, I'll actually help them go through their gathering. 
mm-hmm. uh, their weekend experience or whatever. Was the community ever mentored? Did we ever pray for the community? Mm. Uh, when's the last time we had a community leader in? Mm. I interviewed them and prayed mm-hmm. over them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just or, or on our website, can you go to the children's ministry page? Is it all about boy? We need some help on Sundays, right? Uh, or uh, you know, if I want to tutor down at the local school. Uh, can I, you know, and we have a partnership there. Can I sign up for there? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it, it's just a whole a, what, array of, of communication. Yeah, be- before we leave the language thing, just qu- yeah, just yeah, one yeah. quick piece of that. Uh, just a you know, little story from our own church. We, a couple years ago, challenged all our campus pastors to, um, to get a meeting, to work, to get a meeting with the mayor um, in all the towns we were in <clears throat> and simply ask this question. And I don't know if this is the kind of thing you're talking about. Sure. Simply ask the question, what can we do? to help this city. Um, And, you know, we've got, we can mobilize volunteers. We're good at that. We can pull people together. And what can we do to, um, you know, to help? And in one of our campuses, so that was well received in all, in all the cities we were in. In one of our campus, the mayor literally sat back in his chair (laughs) and said, I have never had any faith community ask me this question. Exactly. Um, and and I, I won't say the town because I don't want to reveal the mayor because of yeah. what I'm saying. That mayor actually, he, he's not a, for what I know, I, you know, he doesn't attend church. He's not, I, it just, I don't know what his, you know, personal faith background is. He All doesn't, right. no outward signs of that. He, the right. next week we received a check from him personally with a note that said, I don't know what is happening at your church, wow. but I am just so glad, um, you know, and, and we're looking forward to working together. Um, And he ended up obviously following up. We ended up doing some stuff in that community that we would have never identified. We would have never said, hey, this is the kind of thing we did. He said, hey, here's a particular constituent group that's underserved in our community. It would be great if you could help. And that's begun an incredible partnership in that town um, that's grown and blossomed into other things. That was Um, brilliant. And that's that's what collaboration is. I mean, it's moved from I mean, we've seen this move a prep or what I call progression of prepositions Mm. uh, in the missional conversation and now kingdom conversation from Mm. in. I mean, years ago, we were just helping churches try to pay attention to the community they were in. Because we're parachuting in, a lot of times the community had changed. But then we went to four, so we were doing a lot of things for our communities, externally focused, all that, all fine. Now the preposition is with. And right. that's the incarnational prep. Don't miss that, people. That was very good. Going from in to for to with. That's great. It's a huge jump from for yes. to with. It changes everything. Right. It moves the center of gravity off of us to the larger, you know, mm-hmm. kingdom. And cool. uh, and you're uh, going out to those mayors to ask them mm-hmm. what is it you you know you need here to right. help. Uh, I've got a great story. I mean, we we yeah. had. Um, I was talking to this uh, priest, uh, Episcopal priest in Dallas, had moved there, taken on a new parish, went to the local uh, elementary school, mm-hmm. and said, you know, I'm, I'm a parish priest, but I, I think of the community as my parish. Very, mm-hmm. very, see, that's a kingdom mentality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said, so how can we help here? And mm-hmm. the principal said, let me think about that. And so, uh, you know, he goes back, he writes back to the principal, enjoyed the time today, look forward to hearing back. She forwards it, doesn't take his name off of the <laughs> line, forwards it to a colleague. You know, I had this religious nut come see me. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I do, you know. <laughs> so the colleague writes back in, you know, reply all. I mean, this guy's watching yes. this back and forth and, and uh, says, uh, give him a menial job. And so um, he would have done it anyway, but she fires back, we need a school crossing guard. Mm. Yeah, and I'm saying this to say whatever it is that people say. If you go to say, 
you know, what can we do to help or, or what's the mm -hmm. one or thing that we could do that would make the most difference? You better pay attention. Yes. Start with what they give you, you yes. know. So this guy said, I'm your man. I don't know if you've ever been a school crossing guard. <laughs> fun. Get up before God. You're dodging people that are on the phone and putting on makeup and drinking yes. coffee and their kid, you know. So, I mean, but six months later, he's in like Flint. I mean, anytime mm -hmm. a kid, you know, a divorce or a house burns down or, or move, I mean, he or grief in the family. Mm -hmm. He's the go-to guy there, mm -hmm. and now he's able to bring. He could have started and say, "I've got two hundred volunteers. I could only." But now, now he's able to bring them into yes. that. You know, yes, because yes. he was simply willing to be a servant. Yes, his end, mm -hmm. and so that with it just it structure it, it just changes everything in mm -hmm. our minds. Mm -hmm. uh, but and 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 it kind of challenges. It really does challenge our, our, our hubris in us as spiritual mm. leaders. It's mm. kind of been born with. We know what's good for people, mm. uh, after all. <laughs> um, you know, uh, so just listen. Let me tell you. And nice. <laughs> to approach it with the humble. Yes. It's just it's it totally changes the narrative. Changes the picture. So that was the first thing. Deal with the language. Yeah. Um, what are some other things as we try to make this shift when you yeah, do wrestling two, through? Two other things. If you won't interrupt, I can get through this. Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm a little tired of being interrupted. Here. Um, <laughs> your folks don't know me. I don't grin. I, it takes energy. Yeah. The only time I'm messing with you is when my mouth's moving. So, um, so the second thing is the scorecard. Mm. You have to change the scorecard. And mm. some people don't like my use of the word score. Well, don't. Okay, that's good. Don't use it. But, but my point is, whatever it is you celebrate in your system, in your mm. culture, that's mm. what people think is the big deal. Mm -hmm. So if we're only celebrating church-centric me metrics, like, how many folks came? How much money did they bring? How often do they come? Uh, you know, all, all these church activities led by church people, for church people, consumed by church people, on church property, all that stuff. Then people are going to think, oh, okay, this this is what's really important mm -hmm. to God. Mm -hmm. And and actually he's taking his own cues, you know, for how the kingdom's going based on Sunday attendance. I mean, mm -hmm. what, a, what a shrink wrap notion. Mm -hmm. But if we have the courage and the guts to shift our scorecard to say, you know, we're driving the number of hungry kids in our our school system to zero or we're taking the number of kids off the first grade reading list uh, or, or you know at risk list mm -hmm. I mean if we have the guts to hook our scorecard to actually people enjoying better lives in our community then mm -hmm. that that certainly changes priorities it changes budgeting changes everything mm -hmm. and this is what I'm encouraging folks to do and challenging them to do quite mm -hmm. honestly mm -hmm. because I kinda feel like it's a bit idolatrous to Keep celebrating the fact that we have ten more people, or a hundred more, or a thousand more right. folks coming to our deal. But you know, our town's going to hell in a handbasket. I mean, Jeremiah twenty nine, uh, you know that that thing about seek the welfare of the city. I mean, mm -hmm. what yeah, to exiles, and that's us mm -hmm. uh, in our culture now. Suddenly, we woke up, and that's where we are. You know, I mean, if you're going to seek the welfare of the city and pray for it, because mm -hmm. if it prospers, you'll prosper. Well, then what does that scorecard look like? So, mm. and this is hand-to-hand -hand combat, though, I'm telling mm. you. This is not easy uh, because we have 1,700 years of deeply entrenched church-centric metrics mm -hmm. to, to, you know, uh, just to gauge how we're doing. Now, just on that, let me, let me play the devil's advocate here using that word, uh, you know, particularly. You know, are there people that listen into you? The Leadership Network does come out of kind of a... Yeah. You know, a pretty standard, I would say, evangelical, you know, kind of part of the Christian community who we have become very good at, at counting nickels and noses. Yeah. And, we, you know, we love that stuff. They listen to you. They listen to the challenge and they say, yeah, but isn't this 
just all that kind of social justice stuff? Yeah. Do we you know what do we really care about all that? Are we or isn't it just about conversions? Yeah, I run into this all the time, and mm -hmm. um, and I appreciate the question. Uh, first of all, I do want to say what part of the gospel is not supposed to have social implications. Mm. Um, if we understand the gospel mm -hmm. and the holistic nature of what mm -hmm. God is up to, restoring everything that mm -hmm. sin tarnished, diminished, broke uh, in the fall, mm -hmm. then backing away from any part of that, uh, to me, seems kind of cowardly. And mm. quite honestly, uh, but I understand the historical context we're in. A hundred years ago, when fundamentalism showed up, it just drove a wedge Huge. In American Christianity, between mainline denominations who, you know, suddenly begin to backpedal off of the Jesus claims because, you know, they didn't want to be uh, viewed as those fundamentalists over there, mm -hmm. but they hung in there. I mean, mm -hmm. they hung in in the soup kitchens. I mean, you go to inner cities, and I mean, it's the mainline denominations that still have a presence, and mm -hmm. us evangelicals acting like we just discovered social justice <laughs> kind of goes a little thin. Yes. You know, some of the groups, or Catholic charities, right. or whatever. I mean, there are folks that have hung in there forever. But backpedaling from the Jesus piece has been particularly a challenge. And when I work with these groups, and I do work with a lot, a lot of, I'll be with 10 Methodist congregations mm -hmm. starting tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Encouragement to them is, you know, you don't have to leave Jesus out of the equation here. Right. People expect you to believe something, and they kind of actually want to know why you do what you do. Yes. Yep. And if you're doing what you do because you look now, if you say, well, I'm doing this so I can get a check from the mayor, or I'm doing <laughs> this so that we can improve the number of conversions we have, I mean, that is so, That I mean, that kind of bait and switch, that kind of, uh, I mean, that's where that trust thing comes in. Yes. Again. And people smell it from a million miles away, right? Oh, people, it, yeah, you, I mean, yeah. you're exactly right. I mean, mm -hmm. they see this coming from the next zip code over. Mm -hmm. So what we have to do is faithful, sharing the truth mm -hmm. in love. Both mm -hmm. pieces are important. You don't mm -hmm. truly love people if you don't tell them the truth. Mm -hmm. But if you don't love folks, you can bullhorn them with the truth, and who cares? Mm -hmm. So both pieces are important. And we just have to be faithful to when God, who's already at work with everybody we're going to work with. Yes. God never left the inner city, and he never mm -hmm. left schools, by the way. Yep. And, you know, all that silly stuff that we talk about. I mean, we run slap into God in the, you know, the underserved, the under-resourced mm -hmm. populations because he's there mm -hmm. and he's at work. And so as he opens up those opportunities, I say we've got to be faithful to step into that conversation. Absolutely. And ready to give an answer for the hope that's in us. And yeah, then absolutely. what happens is... Uh, like this, I'm, I'm thinking of a group here. I mean, they start a sports league, a community, a neighborhood sports league, not mm -hmm. a, you know, so that the kids could belong to something organized besides a gang. Mm. Tell you, three years in, while they started with all, with there wasn't one single family mm -hmm. that was in that uh, that initial group that was connected to faith community in any way. Now they're all connected to faith community. They, mm. Jesus, mm -hmm. start the sports league mm -hmm. just so we can have a chance to, you know, run out and do a drive-by shooting with a gospel president. <laughs> start that because these kids, you want them to have a better life. Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. happens is when people are being served and, and they realize that, I mean, that, it, it, you know, the spirit just opens up those opportunities. Absolutely. Away from them. Yeah, for sure. I, a quick, quick example. Last year, our church did a um, uh, we have a, uh, a pretty robust inclusion ministry, so kids with um, special needs. And but we've um, 
we don't really do anything for adults or young adults. And so we had a, um, a number of people challenge, like maybe we should be doing something on that front. And so last year we hosted a, a one-time event. We did a, a, a prom for yeah. um, kids impacted with special needs. Last year oh. we had about 100 kids come to it. It was amazing. It was literally yeah. kingdom on earth stuff, right? It was incredible. Yeah. This year, and I, I, our team, I had very little to do with this. Our team did an incredible job. It went from 100 guests to 500 guests. So it was <coughs> literally five times as big. It was incredible. But it was interesting listening to the feedback back from the parents of the guests the vast majority of the parents of the guests who came vast majority of these people don't attend our church we're just right. serving our community we're just reaching out to a, a population saying hey we're doing this we'd love for you to come in right. we heard time and time again from parents of the guests <clears throat> saying oh i i was kind of nervous to come because i thought you guys were gonna like preach at us or yep. like and yep. i was i kind of the whole night was like waiting for that moment but yep. then I realized your people just wanted to care for us. Your yep. people just want, and what did that do? That opened up an opportunity to then talk and 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 it asked that question. Well, why are you doing this? Yes. Why are you? What are you? Why are you engaged yeah. in this thing? Yeah. Uh, and then then it's a very natural. Yes, absolutely. It's not some canned uh, marketing thing yes. that you know, like we're selling Jesus like soap or something. I mean, <laughs> exactly. What What's fascinating too about this, I find, is that um, you know, business uses uh, the business community uses a term lag and lead factors, and, mm -hmm. and when they scorecard in the church, mm -hmm. we're notorious. We we just measure lag factors like yes. number of conversions. Yes. Well, there's a whole lot of lead things that have to go in, like having conversations with people. Right. So you're never going to get more conversions until your conversation rate goes up. Yes. And we just haven't we haven't figured out, you know, I mean I grew up in a tribe where, you know, our pickup line was, you know, you're gonna to go to hell and fry like sausage. <laughs> and, and and then we wondered why people didn't want to pursue that conversation. But, you know, you do what you do or you have a you know, you're in a service thing or your site and by the way you know, evangelism used to be me and you kind of this confrontational across the table or across yep. a cup of coffee. Most of the evangelism, I think, in this new kingdom paradigm is, is shoulder to shoulder. Mm. People who are working with us, or, mm -hmm. or you know, we're we're doing, we're both mentoring in the school, and mm -hmm. then those conversations just begin. You know, what mm -hmm. motivates you, and, and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness! Then you then then you're off to a, a conversation that just starts out of who you are, Absolutely. instead of some you know, uh, you know, let me pull down the the you know, give you a PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. So I, anyway. Uh, that, I'm seeing it all over. That's cool. So language scorecard. You know what are we what are we yep. measuring? And then what's the third thing we should be wrestling through? Well, the leadership agenda has to shift. Mm, okay. um, and uh, and we've hinted at a lot of this already. Yep. But the leader has to change their own personal scorecard. I, w I was just with 32 district uh, superintendents of education in mm -hmm. the state of Texas. They brought me in, by the way. Listen, listen to how the script has flipped. They brought me in to say, how can we engage the faith community in our schools? Help us know how to do that. Can you believe that? That's I mean, amazing. they're saying we are so desperate for help. Help us know how to get now. There's, there's that part of me that, that that's aggravated at that, too, saying, why in the world, in the church beating on the door of these states, these superintendents right. of education, right. saying we're here to help? How can we help? Yeah. I mean, it, it's just incredible to yeah. me Absolutely. that we're now, that the, the leaders are saying, all right, all right. So one of those, one of those, Superintendent of Education stood up and talked about his own uh, district's volunteer reading. Uh, it's a client of mine uh, mm -hmm. in northeast Texas, Titus County. <laughs> Titus County cares. And they started Titus County Reads under the umbrella of their larger efforts. Beautiful, mm -hmm. beautiful organization. Mm -hmm. And uh, but, but this superintendent 
uh, he himself reads on Tuesday afternoon. Mm. See, that's the leadership. You've got to go first. When you're leading a movement, you don't do that from a memo. You don't do that from the office. Mm. You do that in the trenches. You do that in the street. Mm. So, you know, if you want to be a kingdom leader, you yourself have to go first. But you don't go by yourself. I mean, Mm -hmm. you take it with you. And by the way, this superintendent emailed all of his uh, principals of his school saying, I suggest (laughs) that you consider being a volunteer reader. And by the way, I'm doing it on Tuesday at Corporate School over here. Yes. Well, I mean, this is a slam dunk. Right. But, but by the way, oh, he told him, uh, he told a story. It was incredible. I, he was late. Uh, the, the, the program was only five weeks in. He was 10 minutes late to his reading. Oh, no. 30 minute read. And he came up to the school and he walked through the door and the child, the second grade boy that he read to, was in the hall on the floor, just bawling his eyes. Oh my goodness! And this wow, that's heartbreaking. Yells out at him and it says, "Hey, you know, and, you know." And the kid looks up and grins, just takes off running, just jumps and just launches himself into the arms of the. Oh, wow, sweet! It says, you know, to him, wet face, you know, says, "I thought you weren't coming." Oh my goodness! Uh, ten minutes. I mean, how many people have let that kid down? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is, a, you know, we just changed. We just change life directories one by one by one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It just matters. I mean, that oh, that kid, I mean, he's going to have a chance. Mm-hmm, he's going to mm-hmm. have a chance, a fighting chance. Mm-hmm. Because someone gave him 30 minutes of uninterrupted attention mm-hmm. negatively. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, oh, my gosh. I mean, it's That's just, incredible. That's incredible. Well, Reggie, this has been this has been amazing. Anything else you want to share before we wrap up for this episode? It's been just uh, you know, this just been amazing content. I really appreciate you jumping on today's call. Uh, pro- pro- I mean, there's lots I want to share, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't, if I start down another road, I don't know how I'll come back from it. But, <laughs> but I, I would say uh, I, I'd like to end uh, with with saying to leaders, if if this stirs your heart a bit mm-hmm. uh, and says, yeah, this is something, then you know, um, just just get out there, wade into it. Don't mm-hmm. be intimidated by the fact that you you don't know how you're going to screw up. Mm-hmm. But it's important. <laughs> we need to screw up more in this area, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in order to uh, to become a player in this mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't make the same mistake over and over. But go ahead, go mm-hmm. first, get, mm-hmm. figure it out, and then let that work from inside. You know that that why will begin to show up in your own life, and right. people will, it'll be an unassailable invitation. Well, I appreciate you being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with you or with Leadership Network, how can they do that? Well, our, our website is leadnet, short for leadershipnetwork.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks can email me at reggie.mcneil at leadnet.org. It'll, it'll find me. Uh, and, uh, and I'd be happy to hear from folks. Great. Thanks so much, Reggie. Appreciate you being on the show today. Glad to, glad to visit with you, Rich. Talk to you later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.